This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. The legal information presented on In Legal Terms is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information conveyed does not create any type of attorney-client relationship. Please consult an attorney provider before making any decisions about your specific legal questions. (laughs) Welcome back. This is In Legal Terms from MPB Think Radio, the show all about you and your rights. I'm Liz Gill. I'm joined today by Professor Richard Gershon of the University of Mississippi School of Law. And this morning, we're talking about the 2018 Mississippi Legislative Session. If you want to talk about the proposed legislation, give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can also send us an email. Our address is legalterms at mpbonline.org. Good morning and Happy New Year, Professor Gershon. Happy New Year, Liz. Great, uh, great to be back. Hope you had a, a great New Year and a good restful uh, break. It it was lovely. Uh, I got all of my children in the same state, in the same house for uh, a little bit. And as uh, as they grow older, that gets harder to do. But we were able to come together over the holidays. That's great. Now, we've had some breaking news in the last 24 hours about the U.S. Supreme Court and what they've decided not to do in relation to Mississippi. Can you tell us about that? Absolutely, and that has to do with House Bill 1523, uh, which uh, had it's not been upheld as being constitutional. That's not what the Supreme Court really decided. They just decided that at this point there is no one who can show that they've been harmed by the bill. And the way our judicial process works is that you have to have someone, a plaintiff, uh, who can show that they've actually been harmed by the bill or by someone else. So courts cannot make what they call uh, basically uh, advisory opinions, and they can't say that uh, you know something is uh, uh, unconstitutional unless it's had an actual impact on a person. And they've said, in this case, Supreme Court has said, we got to wait till we actually have someone who's been injured by this bill. So it could still be ultimately upheld, or it could be still ultimately held to be unconstitutional. So we'll just have to, to, to wait and see. Well, today's topic, uh, last week on January 2nd, I believe the 2018 Mississippi Legislative Session started. And we at In Legal Terms, we want our listening public and our uh, online public to be informed. I'm going to put a couple of links on our website. One of them is Empower MS. Dot org, And if you don't know who your legislator is, uh, maybe you're a 17-year-old and you're about to vote, uh, about to turn 18, and you want to know who your representative, your senator in Mississippi is, maybe you've moved, maybe you're thinking about moving. Anyway, if you want to get more involved in the legislative process to learn who your representative or senator is, it's EmpowerMS.org is a website. If you are want to find out more about our state's history, I thank Professor Richard Gerson for uh, suggesting a website 
for me. Um, Mississippi MS History Now has an article about how our Mississippi state government functions. You know, we're, we're in a new year, so we can make some New Year's resolutions. And one of yours might be to get more involved in the legislative process, either as a voter or maybe you're considering running uh, to represent your your neighbors. And our third is the actual website where all of our bills that go through the legislature, where they're listed. So this is where you can actually see what has been proposed, what will be voted on. Um, you can find out what your representative and senator are going to be talking about. Uh, I got this link from our uh, at issue uh, Mississippi's uh, MPB's news department just did a program on Friday, which you can watch online, talking about the legislative session. And if you want to go to the website for where all of the bills are, it's legislature.ms.gov. Professor Gershon, could you imagine 20 years ago all the information that we have at our fingertips? No, it's great. It really is. I think, you know, this is something that in terms of our democracy should be tremendously helpful. But it also means that we don't have an excuse not to actually read the legislation. I know a lot of people, for example, on the uh, the new tax bill, federal tax bill, are all ha- real, you know, talking about how great it is. And they have not read a single word of it um, because I, I would probably take a different position on that. So I think we need to be informed and we have the, the tools to be informed and we actually need to to take the time to, to be an educated uh, voter and an educated public, and there's no excuse not to. And besides, some of these bills are actually really pretty interesting. They are, um, and plentiful also. You know, I checked yesterday, and uh, the the last House bill was 579. Uh, today, this morning, it was 679. So just another 100 bills were added uh, that will be introduced from the House side. And uh, yesterday, the they, uh, Senate had 109, and today they have uh, 243, I believe. So there's not to say that every single one of these bills is going to pass, even though there's a majority, a Republican majority in our legislature, which will possibly make things go a little faster, but these are just what different legislators are thinking about. Exactly. And that's, you know, you and I kind of joked uh, by email about Schoolhouse Rock, you know, about learning how, you know, bills are passed. These are just bills. They're not laws. uh, And uh, they will typically come out of a committee uh, that proposes them sometimes by a single legislator, sometimes by a couple of legislators or more. But the idea is that these are just proposals. And then in order to be enacted, they have to be voted on, and, and that's a much harder process. And it is it is quite a, a, a bit to get through committee. The Mississippi uh, Secretary of State's office, where I mentioned the uh, Mississippi History article, which we'll put a link to, they also have a lovely uh, cartoon, a caricature that shows step-by-step how a bill gets passed, and we'll have that as our photo on the website so our visual learners will be able to see just how uh, the steps that a bill will take to get through from its proposal to when it's actually signed into law or does it need to be signed in. So we'll, I hope all of our listeners can remember to go to our website, mpbonline.org, 
and I'm the producer. I'm the responsible party who I hope I'll get this show on later this afternoon. You can see the information, uh, the, the links that we're talking about. If you've missed part of the show, you can listen to it again. You can also see the reporting done by our MPB News Department on this legislative session. So, listeners, uh, we, we, how do you think your legislators will work together this session? What do you think will get passed? We would love to see hear you call us in. Our number is one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Our web address is legalterms at mpbonline.org. And let's first start start talking about education. Um, uh, Professor Gershon, we've got a new uh, education chair uh, in the the House now. That's right. That's uh, Professor Richard Bennett of Long Beach is now the chairman of the House Education Committee. And he's a former school board member, uh, has roots in public education. My my daughter is in the Mississippi Excellence in Teaching program here at the university. So, you know, I have have great personal interest in, in how public education is treated because she uh, through that program, a great program, is committed to teaching in public schools in Mississippi for five years after she graduates. So, you know, these funding issues are really, really important, and education should be important to all of us. That's right. We do hope that the legislature, if uh, that they realize that our, our children uh, need to be educated to be an educated workforce, to be uh, just good Mississippians, and hope that they can come to an agreement on how they want to get the education funded. Exactly. You know, it's interesting because you can really, if you look state to state, you can either fund education or you're going to fund prisons ultimately. And uh, and we've done a pretty good job funding prisons in, in the state. We, you know, we have a, a pretty big prison population relative to our uh, population as a whole. But, you know, that, that if that money is put in on the front end, Education can be really a preventive uh, for crime. Uh, people who are educated, people who have opportunity through education are less likely to commit crime. You don't need as many prisons. And, you know, it, it costs less on the back end. It really does. And I'm going to read uh, just a, a, I'm going to read a couple at the end of each segment. I'm going to read a couple of some of the bills that have caught my fancy uh, there's a House Bill 16 requires the State Board of Education to develop a curriculum for use by students in grades 7 through 12 to teach home economics. There's House Bill 45 provides that inducing or performing an abortion is unlawful. And uh, Professor Gershon, this one kind of surprised me. House Bill 67 exempt retail sales of school supplies during the last weekend of July for sales tax. It, I guess that's one that has to be reapproved every year that's right and uh you know it's it's something that we've gotten used to you know the tax holiday but it actually is something that is declared i that one is one i expect to, to pass it's a it's something that helps families uh, as as they buy the supplies necessary for their children to go to school um and you know usually it's a it, it's a broader than just on school supplies as well so you know uh there there are a lot of interesting bills in this, as you mentioned. And, you know, home economics, well, you know, that's one that uh, I doubt will pass, frankly. Well, there are other things. House Bill 49 uh, requires certain fire trucks to use blue-colored electric lights on the rear of their vehicle. House Bill 62 
authorize pre-election day voting. House Bill 98 allowed direct sales and shipments of wine to be made for residents uh, for alcoholic beverages in the state. I guess there are some wine of the month clubs, and if you're in Mississippi, I don't believe that's legal. Exactly. I actually, uh, I must admit, I had uh, a, a connection when I lived in uh, in South Carolina for um, some good single malt scotch uh, from a, a store in Connecticut that my brother-in-law told me about, which and then I found out it was illegal to have it shipped here in Mississippi. So uh, that would be not a bad thing. But the pre, you know, pre-election day voting actually would be something that a lot of states have done. And that I think adds to the democratic process when you give people more opportunities to vote, because a lot of times if, if people have to vote on a particular day at particular times, it's hard for them to leave work uh, and then you get low voter turnout. All right, two more. House Bill 130 designates the official state book of Mississippi as the Holy Bible. House Bill 140 uh, creates a minimum age of 21 for tobacco sales. All right, so when we come back from our break, we're going to continue our discussion of the proposed bills for this session of the Mississippi Legislature. If you have any questions about the bills in this session or of the legislative process, please do give us a call. We are here to uh, inform and enlighten. Our phone number is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. I've also got our email pulled up. The address is legalterms at mpbonline.org. You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to In Legal Terms. If you miss any of this program or any of our local shows, you can always go back and listen to the whole show on our website, mpbonline.org where our show's at slash in legal terms. It's also available on the MPB media app. I'm Liz Gill here with Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law and this morning we're talking about the 2018 legislative session. So give us a call if you have a question about what some of these uh, laws are, the proposed laws or how a bill gets through our number is one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. And I just would like to give a reminder to all of our listeners that the State of the State address will be given by Governor Phil Bryant. It'll be broadcast live over MPB radio and television, and also our website. I believe that starts about. 4.45 p.m. this afternoon. So, Professor Gershon, one of the uh, one of the bills that just keeps getting put up uh, often is the lottery. That's right, and the lot. You know, that's a that's a big issue. Uh, 
uh, the MPB has done some great reporting on on the lottery. And, you know, the the question really comes down to, uh, you know, should there be a state lottery? Uh, And the fact is a lot of our citizens do go into Louisiana and Tennessee where there are there is a lottery. Uh, and spend their money there. So, you know, if, if people are going to play the lottery anyway, lottery anyway, maybe uh, we should just have one in Mississippi and fund education out of that lottery and fund some of the other uh, important needs that we have in our state out of out of the lottery. One thing, I believe this is true, and uh, deep in my heart, I hope Mississippi, if they choose to do it, they do it this way. A lot of times when a new revenue stream comes in, they will say, oh, we'll add that to the budget of X. Well, then they cut the budget of X from the general fund. I think in Arkansas, they took all of their lottery proceeds and set up a brand new thing. It was just scholarship and scholarship funds for Mississippi, re- I'm sorry, Arkansas residents to go into college. So that way they got the benefit of the lottery money for a new thing but it it wasn't kind of a bait and switch exactly you know that was the experience georgia did the same thing several years ago uh, where they created the lottery fund for scholarships and what that's done for citizens of that state is it's made uh, higher education much more affordable for a lot of families it it really uh, i have uh, a nephew that went to the university of georgia uh, undergrad for free because of that lottery system. And, you know, those are, that's, that's what it should be designed for. Whereas other States have just said, okay, well, we're going to put this aside for education. And then they take the money out of the general budget that would have normally gone to education out of the budget. That's the wrong way to do it. So I agree with you. Uh, by the way, I am a university of Georgia graduate myself. Um, and the university has definitely gotten better ever since they had uh, that lottery, which was after I went there, it was a much easier school to get into back then. But, um, and I, I am not real happy this morning about the national championship. <laughs> <game>. <laughs> oh, well, I didn't bring it up. <laughs> All right. Well, we have a couple of phone calls this morning. We're going to go with uh, Dudley from Calhoun County. Uh, welcome to our show. Thank you. My question is, how much interest do out-of-state lobbyists have with uh, this, the legislature. I don't quite know how to phrase this, but uh, you do have a lot of out-of-state interests that have a lot of money who put this into the state to get bills passed that they like. Could you comment on that for me, please, sir? Absolutely. And, you know, it happens uh, more often than people think. And, in fact, a lot of the legislation uh, that might be proposed actually comes from a source from the outside, uh, you know, that, that happened uh, several years ago. We had uh, a proposition that life began with conception that was written by uh, a, an organization that was not in Mississippi and proposed as a uh, proposition in Mississippi. And a lot of outside money went into uh, trying to get that uh, proposal passed. So that does happen. And, uh, you know, it's, it happens also with our elections where outside money uh, comes in to, uh, support a particular candidate against other candidates. Uh, you know, really ever since the Supreme Court's decision in Citizens United, which allowed uh, that money to come in from corporations, uh, it, the nature of elections and also the nature of lobbying has, has been affected by that. Thanks for bringing that up, Dudley. We appreciate your listening and uh, your inquisitiveness We've been talking about the 2018 legislative session, 
and we have a there's there's a website where you can go to find out all of the bills that have been proposed so far. It's legislature. I'm sorry, I had to pull, pull my sheet back. It's the uh, legislature.ms.gov. You can look at all of the bills that have been proposed, and it tells the name of the senator or the representative who has proposed them. I believe they have until um, January 16th, 14th, something like that, uh, before that's the last day that a bill can be proposed. And we've Right now, we're specifically talking about the lottery. Senate Bill 2141 uh, establishes and use revenue to supplement MAEP and for educational capital improvements. That is uh, one of the lottery bills that has been proposed right now. Right. And there might be, you know, there might even be more, you know, ultimately. But what will have to happen is the legislature will have to agree on one uh, way that the lottery would be performed, and then they would have to pass that. And uh, it's, you know, there are a couple of major uh, leaders in both the Senate and the House that uh, oppose the lottery. But I think, you know, if you look at the overall impact on the state, it would probably be positive. You know, we do have casinos. I think I know there's some objections, religious objections to uh, gambling, but we, we have enacted laws allowing casinos. In some ways, the casinos would probably be the ones that would be most against the lottery uh, because that might impact their revenue. Uh, but, you know, it's something that I hope they take seriously and, and consider because we do lose a lot of money in the state by people playing the lottery in border states. Well, and on our mpbonline.org we do have some of our news reporters have covered stories about this. Desiree Frazier has done one. And, you know, she stated that Lieutenant Governor Tate Reeves and House Speaker Philip Gunn, both Republicans, are opposed to the lottery. Gunn created a committee to study the issue. A report will be made public, but a date for that release hasn't been set yet. And I guess those two individuals uh, funnel some of, some, they funnel what comes up for votes in the two chambers. That's right. I think, and sometimes, I mean, I don't want to be too cynical about it, but usually when something is sent to a committee to be studied, that uh, oftentimes means, yeah, we're not, we're not going to deal with it this year. All right. Well, here are some more of the other bills that have come up. House Bill 168 designates the official state color as blue. And while I, I, I love blue, I'm a little disappointed that the person who originated it uh, didn't spe- specify the Pantone color of, <laughs> of blue. But y- your Mississippi blue may not be my Mississippi blue. Well, that, you know, I would say the same thing about House Bill 130, where the, you know, designates the official state book of Mississippi as the Holy Bible. And I got to ask, which one? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, House Bill 292. Uh, requires headlights to be used whenever windshield wipers are necessitated. I thought this was our. This had been a, a bill passed many, many, many years ago. Is this one? Do you know? Is this one that has to be reauthorized every year? I, you know, I that that surprised me too. Although I don't know that I've seen you know in other states when you drive in, they'll say lights on when raining. And I don't remember seeing those signs here. I could be wrong, and but uh, so maybe maybe it just never was a, a law. But yeah, you know, it's a it's a good one. That's a safety law. That's a safety law, certainly. I, I think it's very good. I I 
remember specifically because someone made a joke, well, if I'm coming out of the car wash and I don't have my lights on, can I uh, get a ticket? But I would think that uh, your lights should be on personally. That's If I got a vote, I would vote to uh, have uh, headlights required when windshield wipers are necessitated. And here, one of the HB 316 is one of the state flags. Right. So, you know, there's been a lot of talk about revising uh, the design of the state flag using the bicentennial flag. Um, you know, there's also legislation to require uh, public institutions like the University of Mississippi to fly the current state flag. So we'll see what happens with that. A lot of discussion. I, I mean, I certainly have my opinion. That's really not so much what this is about. Um, but, you know, there there is discussion. They're thinking about the state flag and they're thinking about what to do with it. And that's, you know, a good step forward. Well, in this electrical age, I wish they had uh, clip art because in the HB uh, 316, which is just one of the multiple bills for uh, redesigning the flag, it, it'll, it's all language on describing the flag. There's not a picture. It's that the red is you know, four times the length of the something, and it, it's hard to kind of picture it. So Absolutely. We, we need an artist's rendering. Uh, House Bill 333, pre-election day voting, authorized for 20 days before an election. The House Bill 340, Mississippi Universal Pre-Kindergarten Program Act of 2018. And uh, I think a lot of people are surprised to learn that, uh, you know, Mississippi doesn't require kindergarten. Right. And this is even pre-kindergarten, which, uh, you know, Governor Winter was a big advocate for uh, education at the earliest possible age. And there are a lot of studies that show that really children that are uh, exposed to reading and, and education uh, at a very early age, three and four, do better in the long run. They do better. They perform better in high school. They perform better in, in elementary school and, and above, too. And so, you know, that that's why um, that proposal is there. House Bill 390 in legalize and regulate industrial hemp for certain purposes. I'm, and, I'm all over this one. I, grew up, <laughs> I really have, no. So, you know, this is one of those things that it never made sense that hemp, which is not, uh, it's, it's related to the plant that is marijuana, but it doesn't have the THC levels in it. Hemp is something that is a great uh, fiber that is renewable that, uh, you know, I actually put hemp seeds in my cereal in the morning because it's a, it's a full plant-based protein. Uh, it could really be a boon agriculturally uh, in in the state, and it, it's sustainable. It yes. doesn't use the resources. So I'm all over House Bill 390, which means it'll probably never pass. <laughs> well, when we come back, we're going to continue our discussion of the 2018. Keep saying that, 2018. This is not 2017. It's 2018 legislative session. Our number here is one 877 MPB ring. That's 1-877-672-7464. Our web address, our email address is legalterms at mpbonline.org. And you're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio.
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. You're listening to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. Professor Richard Gershon of the University of Mississippi School of Law is our expert. I'm Liz Gill, and this morning we're talking about the legislative session. The, the deadline for lawmakers to introduce general bills and constitutional amendments is January 15th. The session began last Tuesday, is scheduled to end April 1st. And there were some new lawmakers who were sworn in after winning special elections, and their elections didn't change the partisan balance of power. That's true. And, you know, there's something um, – actually, I listened to NPR on the weekends, and there was a great show this uh, past weekend about how collective thinking usually gets a better result than uh, individual thinking. And what concerns me about supermajorities in general is that you don't get that, that good discussion, that good discussion on both sides uh, to come up with uh, maybe uh, a solution. And, you know, I know the organizations I've worked with have always done better when there was dissent without dissension. You know, that people raised different issues and raised uh, different concerns, and, and we got to a better result. Uh, if you're only hearing from one side, a lot of times you don't get that. I, I agree with you. I, one of our past presidents, I don't, the name escapes me which one it was, uh, did have some advisors who were not of his party. And that I hope that would, would have led to uh, more getting along and understanding different points of view. Exactly. You get, you do, you really get better results because a lot of times we, you, we haven't considered those other sides. You know, we talk, we talk about what happens in the Supreme court and, you know, you don't, things don't get to the U S Supreme court unless there's a good argument on both sides typically. And so, you know, by, by hearing both arguments, you can come up to a better, better solution. If the arguments are, are uh, not heard and, you know, that's a concern that uh, our representative from Oxford, uh, Jay Hughes, who's doing a great job, but, He's raised the issue of lack of transparency, lack of uh, taking the time to really uh, read the bills, to hear them, to have you know, the appropriate uh, time to vote on them. Uh, and, you know, and he's been dismissed because he's not a member of the majority party. Well, that I think, you know, getting along on the at issue program that did air on Friday, they talked about uh, our national Representative Greg Harper, who I happen to live in his district, and he is uh, not running for re-election. And they talked about how how good he was at uh, getting along with everyone. That uh, he he was a a politician who did get along with both Democrats and Republicans. So this is uh, somebody else's chance that we. In our society, if if you don't like the the way the laws are going, here's your chance to to stand up and seek election. Or if you think they're going great and you you want to contribute to it, you know there's also that. So there's opportunities to to be a part of the lawmaking uh, Congress. Exactly. Well, I mean that's what that's how democracy works. And if we just sit back and don't don't take an active role. Uh, we won't get good results. Well, back to our 2018 legislative session. Our number is one eight seven seven 
MPB ring if you want to give us a call. Uh, infrastructure. We've, you know, I, I drive, my f- family lives in Arkansas. We, we drive a zigzag uh, path up to, uh, uh, to go th- across the Greenville Bridge. And when we're at Belzona, there's a, a signs that say the bridge is open because I guess there are a number of bridges and roads that they need some repairs. And lawmakers in the House have passed a measure that ties uh, a Mississippi road and bridge improvements. Okay, so they, they're uh, attempting to pass a measure that ties right. Mississippi road and bridge improvements to the state's economic growth. House Bill 354 provides up to $100 million to maintain and repair existing infrastructure, but the bill only kicks in when general fund revenues rise above two percent. Republican John Reed of Gaucher chairs the Appropriations Committee. He says growth is at about one percent. Right now there is no money for the fund if the bill passes. It's an interesting thing and you know to me and again this is my opinion not necessarily the opinions of MPB but you know the it's a self-fulfilling prophecy because you're not going to have growth unless you have infrastructure. Uh, states like Idaho know that. Idaho is growing at the fastest pace of any state in the country. We're losing population. And if you lose population, you're going to have a decline in economic growth. There's just no question about it. And the reason uh, people are leaving the state is there's lack of infrastructure. There's lack of good funding for education. You know, And, and all that comes back to we don't want to raise taxes. Uh, by the way, the lottery is a form of a tax if we really are honest about it. But we don't want to we don't want to raise taxes, and yet you know when you drive your car to Arkansas or when I drive down to Jackson, if the roads are in bad repair, my car is going to to have wear and tear on it that it wouldn't otherwise have. That I'm going to end up having to pay to have it repaired. That's also a tax. So, you know, it's kind of short sighted in in my opinion. Uh, and uh, and so you know, you if you're going to be serious about infrastructure, you need to raise the money for infrastructure. You can do that by increasing the gas tax. There are lots of ways to do it. Uh, but it does mean that we all have to pay something in. I think there are quite a few different bills that were introduced for uh, ways to raise money for infrastructure. But, yes, they all introduced new taxes. And I'm not sure if the, the entire uh, legislature would vote for that. Right. It's, uh, you know, again, I think that uh, I'd have to say if you look at the states where people are happiest with their legislatures – where there's growth, there's actual economic growth, they're not always the low-tax states. And, and that's because what people want is return on their investment. You know, we're all like shareholders, really. You know, I, we listened to in, in Money Talks before this show. And, uh, or my, you know, and, and uh, not in Money Talks, but, you know, the, but the, the thing is, people want a return on their investment. I don't mind paying a little bit more in taxes if I feel like the roads are good and the, uh, the public education system's good. And and that's, you know, what we see nationwide is that states like Minnesota that are fairly high tax, people are really pretty happy with, uh, you know, their lifestyle in that state because they have good roads and they have good good education and good job opportunities. All right. I'm going to round out with uh, the some additional House bills that uh, caught my attention. House Bill 412, require Mississippi to observe daylight savings time year-round. And I, I hate I hate the dark <laughs> I hate the dark this time of year. I, I mean I can't complain with that one. I, you know again I'm not sure that that really makes that much difference because essentially what that would say is we're switching to a different time zone for half the year. 
Um, and Arizona does that and Indiana does that. There are states that do that. Um, you know, I, I do have to admit, I don't like when it gets dark at five o'clock in the afternoon. Well, but see here, I'm going to fight you on that. I love, uh, having the light in the morning. I, I, this worst thing in the world to me is waking up when it's dark. That's true. And, you know, especially with kids waiting for school buses and things like that in the morning, that that's really the argument against, against doing this is that, uh, it would, it would be dark for sure when they were waiting for their buses. All right. House bill 429 increase salaries of statewide elected officials. Yeah, I think this one will pass with no problem. <laughs> again, being cynical, but uh, you know, there, there. Yeah, I, I don't know anything about uh, you know how much that would ultimately be, but uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, and here's another that they like to tell the state board of education what to do. House Bill 451 requires to establish a curriculum for the teaching of cursive handwriting. Well, I'm going to be. You know, I, I I think there are some educational benefits apparently from cursive writing and, and learning that goes on with cursive writing. But I also know I had a physics teacher in ninth grade who told me I needed to learn how to use a slide rule because I wasn't always going to be guaranteed of having a a, a, a calculator. And I, and so maybe maybe cursive writing is about to go the way of the slide rule. But I was so surprised. There's at least two or maybe three cursive writing bills. Up in the, le- you know, proposed for the legislature. Yeah, you know, there are pe- people, I will say, you know, people are, are passionate about their causes. There's no question about it. And one of them could be cursive writing. And that, you know, and that, again, is how this process is supposed to work. You've got someone who is passionate about something, has studied it, has really, you know, put some thought into it. And they propose it. And it goes through, hopefully, a process where it's actually thought out and people talk about it. And they raise the pros and the cons, not just the, the pros, not just the cons. And really give it some some serious consideration as to what is best in the best interest of the state and the children in the state. Well, and here's one that I think you had me just till right at the very end. House Bill 494 requires school districts to serve low-fat meals and snacks to students diagnosed as overweight. So, you know, you get a brownie, you get a brownie, you get a brownie, you get an apple, you get a brownie. That. Why don't we give everybody apples? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that would probably be, you don't have to diagnose anybody. Healthy food is not a bad thing. I, I laugh when I go in the grocery store and they, and they have the healthy food aisle. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, well, what's the rest of it supposed to be? Right. Okay. House Bill 503. It's another state flag changed the design of. House Bill 549 authorized the right to acquire a convenient right of way for relatives into cemeteries. You know, I don't, I, it, again, somebody was passionate about something, thought there was a need, and, and, and so they're trying to address that. You well, know, and we I, had this exact discussion over the holidays. Uh, I have a cousin who's all into uh, Ancestry.com, into genealogy, and I had been with my parents decades ago, you know, out and back and around and down to a cemetery that our great-grandfather was buried in. But it's on somebody's land. And, you know, now with Castle Doctrine and, and all sorts of stuff, you're kind of scared to, to go to a cemetery that's not on your property. That's right. And so I think, you know, this is, this is an attempt to address that particular issue, and it might be very helpful to some people. It really might. Um, I'm donating my, my body to the University of Mississippi Medical School. So, uh, you know, that's uh, my 
children will not be able to visit me, but you know, I think this is not a bad, a bad idea. House Bill 569, waive at universities and colleges for children of Mississippi service members killed in action tuition. Well, it's a, it's a nice thought. It really is. Um, and, uh, you know, something that we'll see what, what happens. Um, you know, that uh, is something that if their parents have served and, and been killed in action, then, uh, you know, they, they should get an education. All right. We have a call that's waiting uh, from DeSoto County, I'm assuming. Susan, we're glad that you called in this morning. Yes. Uh, my question is about cursive handwriting. This has come up um, before. And my question for Professor Gershon is, um, how, will you, how will you sign legal documents if you don't have cursive handwriting? I mean, are people going to be allowed to sign with an X or just print their name? I always thought you needed to know cursive for signing things like your will, real estate contracts, things like that. That's a great question. Actually, you know, an X has always been sufficient, even on a will, if as long as the person intended for it to be their mark and intended for it to be their signature. So, um, you know, I, right now we've gone to a lot more to electronic signatures. I know uh, when I file my taxes now, I file them completely online and, uh, you know, there's an electronic signature and a way for them to verify it's me. And so I think that's what we're, we're headed to is really much more uh, online uh, verification. I, I won't be surprised uh, the state of Florida uh, passed or tried to pass a law that would allow electronic wills. Um, that has not yet happened, but it, it'll happen where people will actually uh, uh, do their wills completely online with an electronic signature that's verifiable. Uh, and so, you know, we're moving away from the need to have uh, handwritten signatures. Thanks, Susan, for calling in. And when we come back from our last break, we'll continue talking about the legislative session that started last week. Uh, One more reminder, the State of the State Address will be given by Governor Phil Bryant. will be broadcast live over this station, MPB Radio. It will also be on MPB Television and our website, mpbonline.org, at 445 this afternoon. Give us a call for our last segment. Our phone number is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464 or email us. Our address is legalterms at mpbonline.org. This is In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to In Legal Terms. Remember, if you've, li- if you've missed any of our program, please go back and listen to the beginning. You can go to mpbonline.org slash in legal terms, you can listen to the whole show. It's on the MPB Media app. You can subscribe to our podcast. I'm Liz Gill here with Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law. Today, we're talking about the 2018 Mississippi Legislative Session, and we have uh, one more call. It's David from Starkville. We're glad that you called in. Uh, talk to us, David. Good morning, Miss Professor. 
Professor Gershwin, how are y'all today? Doing great. Good, good morning. Good. Uh, I got a comment, and really it's it's more of an admonishment for our legislatures. Um, at some point in our history, infrastructure investment seemed to become an option. And I, I don't understand that, especially when you consider infrastructure as the roads that farmers use and the clean water that we drink and the electricity that funds hospitals. And I realize it's not sleek and sexy, but these are things that are going to cripple our state. The infrastructure in this country as a whole is horribly out of date, has long lived its lifespan. And yet, for some reason, we're content to stick our heads in the sand and to put these, like you said, Pressure Gershwin, these really weak, self-fulfilling legislative options out. You know, it's seriously, we're going to tie growth to infrastructure what company is going to move in if they don't have a road to move stuff, out, move their products out of the state or power to power their plant? And, and I would argue the same extends to education, which is human infrastructure. They, they seem to want to play back and forth with, well, we're going to require this test and no, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And every time that they play a game with the educational system, it is leaving a, an, an entire grade of students behind. Um, and I wonder if, if anyone stops and thinks that these are the kids that are going to be taking care of us 30 and 40 years from now. It's all well and good if they want to learn cursive. That's great. But if they don't know basic math skills to give me the right amount of medicine, you know, when I'm in the home, or if they don't understand finance to the point that they don't realize that Banks are taking advantage of them severely. I, I, I just, I am bewildered constantly at the unwillingness for someone to really address this in a serious way. Uh, thank you all for your time. David, we appreciate uh, having the forum that you're able to uh, express your views. And I would also suggest that uh, you do what I did over the weekend I saw something I was passionate about, so I sent an email uh, and, you know, ex- expressing my opinion to uh, one of the representatives. So I, I hope that in our democracy, I hope that others will do that also. Absolutely. Thank you, David, for those comments. All right. Next, we have one last call we're going to go to is Robert in Meridian. Uh, thanks for giving us a call to In Legal Terms. Thank you. Can you hear me? Uh, you're a little quiet, but go right ahead. I'm going to try to raise my voice real quickly. Uh, the your comment to start the program about hoping that the legislatures legislators found a way to to do the necessary funding for the things that we need in the state. I, my question to the public that's listening: If you are running a business and the the people that you hire to perform for you had the kind of outcomes, the kind of uh, quality, the kind of <clears throat> um, service and that we have in the state, where the state of Mississippi is at the top of so many of the negative lists and at the bottom of so many of the positives, how long would those folks continue to be your employees? That, that, I mean, th- there's the answer. You know, we, we, we just missed having Medicaid expanded because we keep putting the same political philosophy in the position of power to make these choices for us. 
at some point, think of it like your business. If the guy that you hire to drive your vehicle is crashing him all the time, how long is he going to stay with the company? Anyway, thank you for this show. Oh, Robert, we're glad that you listen in Meridian, as we all are for all over the state. Uh, I'm going to push through uh, uh, last some of the Senate bills. Uh, Senate Bill 2046, increase limit and set limit on state highway systems at 65 miles per hour and increase interstate to 75 miles per hour. Well, I know some people in Oxford will have to slow down. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I think that's, uh, that's probably not a bad idea. Uh, Senate Bill 2048, tanning facility regulation, prohibit use of anyone under 18 years of age. You know, I'm not a big big fan of those uh, um, in all, but, uh, you know, I think, you know, that's something that uh, they ought to at least be adults. So, right. again, these are things that people are passionate about that they put forward. Okay, pushing through these last three, the Senate Bill 2058, prohibit an abortion of an unborn human individual with a detectable heartbeat. Senate Bill 2085, require government entities, public colleges, universities, and school districts to display the state flag or be subject to a penalty. And Senate Bill 2106, Mississippi uh, official Mississippi state songs designate an official traditional country song and the official traditional blues song. So that's going to wrap us up for today's In Legal Terms. Our call screener today was Michelle McAdoo. Our board engineer has been Jay White and Tracy Daniels in Oxford. For Professor Richard Gerson, who hosts the university, who hosts from the University of Mississippi School of Law, I'm Liz Gill. Up next is our Tuesday Southern Remedy Show, Relatively Speaking. Join us again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. for In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.